It's 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. We explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Let's welcome your hosts, Tom and Miggy, come from the same studio. What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, how are you, Lauren? <laughs> Pretty good. Jealous of what y'all got going on. There's so much going on in Seattle. So much weed. It's been a hash-filled weekend for us, actually. It's, yeah. it's been a great uh, a tour that we, we have been going on so far. So much hash, so little time, and we're going to go see some more producers tomorrow. And if you are trying to organize an event, we have a deep dive with in the, the history of the first cannabis event license probably ever issued. Yep. Uh, and so tune into that one with Vivian McPeak. Those will be coming in the future. Uh, we did a lot of good content so far. Oh, God, yeah. We, we, we met people in... Uh, but we really got some cool things to show you. Like I got this Cascade cream from uh, Sitka. Let me show you this uh, uh, T-shirt that uh, Tom said he'll be giving away. Yeah. <laughs> you guessed the name, the strain. Uh, drop into our DMs uh, and then uh, at Cannabis Industry Lawyer on Instagram. Extra large, by the way. So Extra if you're small, it's a dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a shirt. But I got this Cascade cream. They're uh, trying to... Uh, let's see if I can get in there a little closer. So this is hash uh uh, 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 uh what is it a uh, dry shifted hash is how dry sift it is the authentic way just like mommy used to make back in like in the middle east yeah dry shifted sifted half with rosin and mixed in with it so mm-hmm. you get solventless they call it so it is just the plant extract right here we have a joint that is wrapped in one so it is a half it's a full gram of a joint but it's a half gram of flour and a half gram of hash wrapped around that flour uh $30 yeah and it, it, it's just uh it's been a great experience and seeing hash is making a comeback it should as well I mean it's it's very uh historical mm-hmm. uh the use and because uh, I would say it's the, the first concentrate it's definitely the first concentrate and it's the it's it's still your grandfather's hash and yes. so hash interestingly enough what do you think the guys that are tuning in at home get it in your uh, in the live chat or like if you're watching this afterwards drop it in the comments or if you're just listening in your car just scream it uh what percentage thc do you think hash is like the old school dry sift lebanese style hash that's a great question dude but uh while they're doing that what about uh, Corey booker he threatens to prevent cannabis bacon reform from passing green or passing yeah that's weird this past week senator cory booker said that he will lay himself no he will lay myself down because he's speaking in the first person to prevent any other politicians who try to pass any form of cannabis banking legislation and this is the stuff i told you about last time when we covered the uh the the the, the, the original like announcement these guys are going to be cock blocking everything that's out there where i i just think allow everything yeah but why 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 is this happening because we can't have nice things yeah and booker said that if someone tries in the senate to do just a banking bill this would only achieve more attention of people in the multi-billion industry without discussing the evils of the drug war and because of that he will block any proposals from being passed that noticeably pontificates cannabis banking concerns booker said to just do it so some people can get rich uh, back up, uh, and, and not do something about the people who are languishing with criminal convictions to not do something on restorative justice, not to make sure that the business opportunities that are created are given on a fair playing field. Mm-hmm. Where right now in many states, someone you, who used a criminal, has a criminal conviction right. for selling marijuana can't get a license. And that yep. even happened here in Washington in yeah. the beginning. But then we just did so much contact with processors in the state. Uh, if you want to see what Cory Booker is talking about, if you're joining us 
on the East Coast and you want to see a lot of producers that don't have a high cost barrier to entry, check out our uh, processor series on Washington State. How, how small were those facilities we were at? Oh, my goodness. They, they were about the size of this podcast room that we were in. This was the studio. It, it, That's right. And then in some of the entry barrier, you know, uh, the one gentleman said was 60 bucks. He paid for his entry fee. Right. If you're if you're one of the winners of an Illinois dispensary lottery, you're in the future. But thank you. Uh, or if you just wanted a, a one in Illinois for your craft grows. Uh, awesome. But they did their licensing structures in a completely different way that flips on its head and really reduces the cost of that application. But then the regulations come after you've actually been awarded a license through some type of lottery. I really wish, though, this situation that Cory Booker and, and Schumer would stop uh, trying to prevent yeah. any of this stuff going through because they're right now they're making the Kevis about argument that about like big cannabis. And, you know, my thing is rich people don't want to go to jail. So right. uh, as the laws reform, you know, let's get the people that we have behind ours. You know, I just feel like these guys dealing dallying is just hurting the end. Well, I don't think the country's really ready yet for the stuff that they're trying to pass. And I don't think they have the votes to be able to pass it. Yeah, you know, sure. I, I'm not sure if this is going to be something that can go on budget reconciliation. But uh, what they're doing, you know, I'm glad that they're prioritizing uh, the social justice aspect of it. And the industry yeah. would move faster if the federal government would lead the way. I mean, but, I, I know the social justice part is good, and I just still think that uh, because we don't have nice things, can't have nice things, this is not yeah. going to be an issue. Like, this is stopping us having nice things. I know, but the taxes are also sky high. I mean, if this is – if there's going to be yeah. – because the, the, the illicit market is two-thirds the size – no, is it two-thirds? No, the com- total cannabis market is two-thirds illicit and one-third lawful and taxed. Imagine if you got the whole ball taxed pursuant to what they're doing uh, and what they say under this uh, – what was the name of that bill that they introduced on Wednesday? Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act? Yeah, something okay. like that. I mean, luckily, it wasn't like one of those cheesy acronyms. But, right. you know, that the end tax of what, 10, 5, 10, and then 20, 5 at the end? 25 at the end. And so, like, if you take a hundred billion dollars so that's going to be 25 billion dollars a year in cannabis taxes in the future you know the government's like good well you know what's going to hurt is the states that already have it legal like here in washington state in the the processes that we met and talked to uh the tax is the worst enemy that's the thing that's been hurting them yep. but uh and i couldn't imagine tax lack of access to banking and yeah. credit uh and, and those types of things so the banking bill would really help but uh you know it would also hurt. I mean, like, because those small time processors, they could get gobbled up real quick. You know, I still think, you know, state, we're going to get legalization faster through state by state mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, like with uh, Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> oh, what's the answer to the hash question? No, for Lauren, she asked what the percentage. Yeah. What is the answer to the hash question, dude? Let me, uh, should we, should we, should we say now? Or? No, no, no. I think we, uh, we see if there's a bumper for this that might work. And then I'm going to move on to the Tennessee lawmaker story. There you go. Tennessee lawmaker introduces a bill to put marijuana legalization on its 2022 ballot. A Tennessee state lawmaker wants to put recreational and medical marijuana on the ballot next year. And another reason why I think this is we're going to legalize it state by state faster, just like Ohio is still doing it county by county. Uh, uh, Representative Bruce Giffey, uh, Republican. I'm shocked. This Do it, Republicans. Yeah, but I guess it's Tennessee, so most likely that's like like shooting fish in a barrel, you know. But uh, yeah. introduced the measure on Wednesday, it passed. The bill will require county election commissions to include three non-binding questions related to marijuana legalization on the 2022 ballot. Yep. Here's a sneak peek at the questions. One: Should the state of Tennessee legalize marijuana? 
two, should the state of Tennessee decriminalize possession of less than an ounce of marijuana? Interesting. God forbid this is going to violate Tennessee's single purpose clause for something that's going to be a ballot initiative. I hate when like a state passes a law and then the Supreme Court, like in Florida, they step in, they go like, I think people will be confused. What do they mean by make it legal? Would that mean you're you're confusing the state people of the Florida? They'll think that it's legal at the federal level. And then you're just like, what? And then that is Florida. But I just I think it's interesting that they're doing how you start this initiative by asking these questions, right? Like, Mm -hmm. should Tennessee? I mean, if you look at all the other states that have medical marijuana with all of the studies that are showing, like uh, it affects the the opioid crisis, it affects uh, wellness issues. Um, You know, we interviewed a a shop owner in uh, central Washington uh, this weekend who central Washington, if you don't know, is a very conservative uh, country, uh, a lot of cowboys, but it also has a college town. You guys have titty coffee. What the hell is that shit, man? Well, those are our bikini baristas. What the heck is a bikini barista? Hey, people in the Midwest, they got bikini baristas out here it is weird this guy is just vibing off of Seattle I mean, he, the fact that you like love all the art and hippy dippy shit <laughs> yeah, you're fucking awesome dude but uh, I mean again another state's gonna be knocking it down because we like Ohio as I talk about Michael they got the first recreational marijuana bill introduced in Ohio you know yeah yeah they do but let's go on to this, this the oh, answer to Tennessee, oh, like, you know, with that, and we're still going to talk about how much hash is in uh, Lebanese dry sift, at which the THC concentration. But uh, the, the thing that's going to go on in Tennessee isn't like a, a binding uh, referendum that's going to change the Constitution of Tennessee. No, no, no. It's more of a public opinion poll. And there's a third question, too. Should the state of Tennessee legalize and regulate commercial sales of recreational use marijuana? I, I hope that other states, if I mean, it's non-binding, but they're still trying trying to get the gauge where their population wants to go. Yeah, it'll send a message. I mean, but this is like where I'm glad I have you to like, because you understand the process right away. You're like, you know, because a lot of the process is, hey, ask the question first. If you show... Uh, a desire that you can probably create the bill or whatever is going to be the legality next step. I mean, it's all about baby steps, but yeah, it's all about like also trying to show the answer from Richie J.R. Town. Oh, yes. Gotcha. He had, a, he had a pretty good. No, uh, no, no. Uh, the other one, the, the, no, the spread. Range. The spread. Yeah, it's yeah. range. Yeah. And so, like 28, that's going to be um, really on the low end. Uh, but then that 48%, so like it's going to be around like 35 to 45, maybe 50. But then when you get into the Frenchy cannoli style of the water solvent uh, hash with the micron bags, that's what this stuff is, that stuff can get higher. And this is like, uh, I like to say, uh, uh, subject matter experts, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. out there we read that's from. We just got this for word of mouth, the guys who. From the make it, the guys yeah. who make it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. like, you know, this is their average, you know, it's a, it's quite the neat average how like it doesn't really like uh, when you take the plant and you just shake the plant and you're just using the same plant, you're not really increasing the potency of one thing. You're just uh, having a better uh, experience overall, I think. You know? Right on. Right on. <laughs> Speaking of better experiences overall, the first recreational marijuana bill introduced in Ohio. High Times is reporting. On Thursday, two Democratic state House representatives there, Casey Weinstein and Terrence Upchurch, introduced legislation to legalize and regulate the cultivation and sale of recreational marijuana in the state. It's awesome. And according to the Cincinnati Enquirer, speaking of that, that's the next place we're going to be on the tour. Right now, we're in the Seattle part of the tour. I believe (laughs) Cincinnati is the September aspect of the tour. Is that on there? Yeah, you're on there. Okay. Uh, Oh, 9 to 10. September. 
See you in Cincinnati, where we'll be talking about the uh, recreational marijuana bill on Thursday. Let's see, two Democrats, Cincinnati Inquirer. The bill is historic, as it is the first proposed bill in Ohio to set up a regulated market for selling marijuana. We got to get uh, our staff attorneys on this so we can start just going over this bill and seeing if that's what's going to be coming to Ohio and how open it is. Seventy-three licenses are going to be up for grabs. Medical dispos, medical dispos in Ohio. I see Ohio happening because, like I've always been talking about, Michael. And all you guys work out there, you know, the they've been ending the the stigma by going county by county, by changing policy and saying, OK, now this is a misdemeanor. I mean, really, it comes down to like, you know, again, part of the activism is like it's it's just weed. When people say it's just weed, they stop freaking messing with people's lives like that's just, you know, that's where you get all enraged because yeah. it's so past. I can't believe you would be showing marijuana to children. Yeah. Or, or better yet, it's like, oh, we can just uh, leave these them alone. Leave right. them alone. It's just weed. Yeah, we were talking but, about equality to alcohol and yes. stuff where it's like, hey, and it's the Budweiser bleachers at Wrigley Field, right? Uh, why isn't it the Cresco, I don't know, Cresco cam? Can we get the Cresco cam in Wrigley Field? You know? Yeah, but, or even just any, like, green leaf, because, I mean, come on, how many cheesy can names green everything is out there? So I keep referring to anybody in any state. Well, this one's but, artisan. Oh, See, they're actually a good brand. They use the word zen in theirs. Uh, we aren't going to be using this for name that strain uh, or for the price check. We'll do the price check of this flower uh, in a future episode because this will be lost in a series of small fires. <laughs> Tom's really enjoying our market. Apparently, oh. we have a lot of skews. Uh, you guys have a lot of skews. So you have a lot of selection, and then you also have wonderful price points. Do not fear home grow, because if you have Washington State selection and price points, I don't care, man. You can grow. It would be like homebrew beer. Like People would be like, that's cute. So this was a bigger square. I don't know if this camera will be picking up. This little dark chocolate nugget. This is Lebanese uh hash right here um quite enjoyable yep approximately 38 to 42 percent thc on that one but it's not about the thc it's all the trichomes and so it's not just the cannabinoid component it's also the terpenoid component and they're preserved and hash is a lot like cognac or red wine you can age that stuff this one in particular has 50 percent 0.4 thc nice uh and uh 0.1 cbd uh, total 57.2%. Uh, I imagine that's just cannabinoids altogether. Mm-hmm. This, uh, the joint, which is a one-to-one, uh, 50.5 gram uh, hash, 0.5 gram flour, uh, is 30.6%. Nice. Uh, What's our next story? Our next story is coming at us pretty quickly. Oh, Wait a second. I think we should fumfer for a little bit, yeah. and then eventually we'll be able to do a bumper. We got four minutes. Oh, but we can't. we can't partake here Holy but crap. you know what that's 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 the noise that i wanted to see though well now i understand the ohio market real well if this is modeled after the michigan law and so it's going to keep ohio's medical program which is garbage by the way we might do a price check on that <laughs> again but that was approved in 2016 and launched in 19 intact while medical marijuana cultivators processors and dispensaries could be licensed on the recreational side too but is it going to be an unlimited style are they going to be able to have like a hundred plant uh, license so that there's no excuse for you to not get a license. That's the way that I like to see cannabis policy and cannabis legalization. Make it so you don't have an excuse for not having a license if you're trying to use this commercially. So you feel like you turned into a bat yet? I have not yet turned into a bat, but I have done a, oh my gosh, how are we going to pull off a 420? This might be one of the first 420 somewheres where I don't take uh, 
Well, we're we're in this space. We can't do it, but we yeah. did smoke one of these. Is why I'm showing you because, yeah. I mean, we are feeling pretty good. Like that's that's it's good it. stuff. <laughs> it is good stuff. But it, hash, you know, hash. It just reminds me, of, like hash is culture. Hash is, um, it's got a lot of history. We yeah. know, but we did a, uh, another uh, uh, review on this on another podcast, Talking Hedge, with uh, our, our friend Josh McCain, who helped set everything up. Yeah, shout out to the Talking Hedge podcast. If you haven't subscribed to that, you should. Yeah. Well, thanks so much to Josh Kincaid for really helping us out and uh, his letting us film in his studio. Space, yeah. And so these guys, though, they're so wrapped perfectly. You don't want to just light it and smoke it. You got to go through a hash like ritual. You, you burn the tip off, you inhale it, you, 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 you breathe, you appreciate the hash that's burning off. And then once you get through the layer, break the seal, you can smoke it like a joint. Phenomenal. Yep. That is the only note that we had for this was next time you should give them like uh, directions for how to use it. Because hash, hash is, uh, is an experience in itself. You know, it's not dabbing. I forgot how much I love hash. Hash yeah. is the a- concentrates are not what I I like this concentrate. And then like if you want that level of uh, like a dab or something like that or a rosin, man, somebody's going to have to sit us down and tell us the difference between rosin and resin. Oh, that's a good one. Anybody yeah. likes comments? Uh, oh, no, they will be able to put it. Yeah, just start blowing us up down there. <laughs> in school the us real quick. School us, please. And then we'll <laughs> give you a shout out. And you might even get some uh, 42365 uh, cones. For people who can tell what a bud is and strain, I know they'll fucking lessen us on a. <laughs> rosin is not resin, man. All right, all right. Rosin is not resin. It's cannabis, not marijuana, man. But look, look at that home grow aspect of the Ohio bill that they have. That is going to be adults 21 and over. They can first buy up to five ounces of weed, which is, you know, the, the, the limit's getting higher. Maybe eventually I'll be able to buy all the weed. Like I can, uh, a quality with alcohol. Like you can go in and just clean out the entire uh, vodka section and that vodka could be like, you know, whipped cream flavored. Well, you know, even though these guys are going to have legalization light, I mean, it's still the neighbors. I think the, the they're missing out so much money like Texas, mm-hmm. you know, because as Oklahoma's Oklahomians can pay their rent better and, and their rents go up because everybody's got more money now, because mm-hmm. that's what happened here in Washington. It, it created it had its own market and culture for the longest time. And yep. then the money grab. And yeah, that's, that's what happens. They take the monies because it, it raises a lot of tax revenue. And so that's excellent for your municipality and for your state. See, yeah. I like that, you know, in Ohio, it appears that they're going to have like a Michigan style of legalization. And that's the way to do it, man. I mean, if you have a Michigan style legalization, your state can be a market innovator. It's still regulated. It's still. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, well so we're not consuming. I hope you're smoking. I hope you're smoking because we really like would do the bumper and do a thing, but we can't. Well, hey, thanks to these guys for twenty three sixty five. Okay, man. Do you want to see the coolest thing oh, yes, out sure. of Washington State? You're going to have to stick around then. And I think this is a product that's not on the shelves yet. They just came up with this. You're going to have to stick around. That's going to blow the back of your head out. That's a beautiful stick of dynamite. Why don't you talk about a Georgia? Major developments in Georgia's medical marijuana program expected this coming week. The state's access to medical cannabis commission has announced that plans to vote on which growers is awarded licenses on Saturday. Woo. Nice. Good luck to everybody, but true leave. (laughs) 
It's been years since Republican former Governor Nathan Deal signed a bill into the law legalizing low-potency marijuana oil for people with severe chronic illnesses. Andrew Turner, the executive director of the state-run in Georgia Access and Medical Cannabis Commission, said the next step is to issue what is known as a notice of intent to award the licensed contracts. The commission anticipates the announcement, which will name the company's commission, intends to award low TAC production license too. Will be upvoted or will be voted on at the next in the next public meeting. Yep, it is scheduled for July twenty fourth at eleven a.m. So good luck if you are one of the few people with millions of dollars who applied for one of the six uh, Atlanta cultivation licenses. Uh, what's the over under on True Leaf winning? What do you think? Oh God, dude! I mean, eighty percent. As I would say, that's a high number. It's a high number. I mean, yeah. And let's let's not like ladder ourselves. Like MSOs are always going to be winning in these places. Yeah. But what I would like to see, like, so like these six licensees. Uh, once you win, I mean, I know you're going to be busy trying to get your grow and your business and uh, the brick mm-hmm. and mortar going. Yep. But at the same time, you are now the industry. I would like it if they start working on changing the laws, right? You're going to yep. want a higher potency. You're going to want to have flour. You're going to want to enjoy your, your very uh, well-deserved lead. And thank yes. you for changing the laws. Make that money, but then open up the doors and, and treat it like Michigan. And isn't this interesting? Even with how expensive it was, this was the Georgia license where for the big one, you needed to go $1.25 million. Okay. Goddamn. Oh, yeah. Right so, there. I put the 1.25. That's the big one. For the little one, 600000 All right. So 600000 Just man. put that in the bank. And then also, it is a thick application. So pay a guy like me $100,000 to do it. All right. And then uh, that's 70 companies. Yeah. So how many poor Georgians, how many Georgians had a chance to freaking be a part of that market? Zero. Exactly. Unless they were like a walking MSO, right? Because aren't corporations people too? Well, again, like with uh, how Illinois could have done social equity, it could have done a social equity certification on the front end and then a lottery. And then they would have awarded the licenses and then given a conditional license to last six months for them to actually then go hire a guy like me, the $70,000, $80,000 to put together all that freaking application and show the compliance. You know, I, I just think it's unfortunate, you know, as we talked with uh, the, the store owner in uh, Washington State that, you know, the, the, he had a good chance at a better entry. Like he was a former wine guy. He mm-hmm. had good credit, you know, uh, an average good citizen who just did the law and then said, okay, there's an opportunity. Now I can invest my savings or whatever you have, you know, and mm-hmm. this doesn't allow it. And that, that's the unfortunate thing about legalization in all these states. Yeah. But then it's still, look at how to, to in demand the licenses, 70 companies yeah. for six licenses, 70. For, and this is like, big money companies exactly but they had the same thing in washington state when they did their lottery it was over a thousand applications for like 200 dispensary licenses and we uh, interviewed whenever we would interview an, an operator in the state we'd always make sure to ask for you guys that are going to be getting your license here soon or maybe are contemplating how to get that license what you would want to know we always ask them like you know after your experience for seven years because washington state goes back to 2014 what information would you give somebody just starting out in your shoes and so yeah you got to tune in for that stuff so smash them likes and then of course comment so that we come up in your feed more and again i mean like you know a lot of people we spoke to there's a lot of higher barrier entry now so you know if you have that intention to get in the market if you want to be a player in the shit i honestly would say be a part of a thing i mean unless you yeah. have walking talking f you money it ain't gonna no, be- but even then cannabis is a community it's it's a team it sport be. it's a group thing i yeah. mean like it tech it's the the cultivators would cultivate and then they would sell to these processors who would have relationships with those cultivators well even like 
you, like Washington State market, like as much as like there was a, a culture beforehand, like, I, I can mm. talk about like the, the before before days, yeah, you know, before COVID, before legalization, there was this great culture of medical markets, and it looks to me now that we met a bunch of people and in, 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 who are actually in the industry, the five hundred two market, it mm. still has that, but it's a very smaller not as out in the open because there is a lot of pushback with rules about having parties and doing things that used to happen back in the day. I couldn't believe the story of the unconstitutional defunding of hemp fest. Okay. And so like, if you're trying to put on an event in your community, you're really going to want to tune into that because it's almost like your, your success can be your downfall. But you know, the, like if you guys, you only had what four processors, and I've heard horror stories. Well, now we just assigned like a, a forty, well, thirty-two of them, but they haven't yet become uh, certified to be processors. Illinois is yeah. in development. Yeah, it's, it's still growing, but right. once they do in development, they're going to have the same dramas that I've been hearing, say, like in Massachusetts, or where like you have growers, people that are part of the, like who get these licenses and win, and really practice, have bad practices, right? Using a uh, uh, bad pesticides, or you know, instead of like using being proactive like kitten molds they'll like try to vacuum things off like spider mites and things yeah i've heard horror stories about this but i hear seeing the people that we've met i p m what's that integrated pest management i believe oh right yeah. right but that's for somebody who knows about the plant right because you have a lot of people getting involved in the industry that don't know the plant and, and and but seeing the people we met it was nice to see like seattle works the the product that that that, that tom has that yeah. that he wants to show you that's an amazing product oh it was actually What's in the container there you go this, this is the future illinois this is coming yeah and, and that was that yeah. was that was inspired by one of the workers at the plant because they're like a family. That's well, that's the thing. You have to empower your employees to give them the freedom and respect yeah. their intelligence so they can bring something to the table because you're you don't know everything. Nobody's got a monopoly on good ideas, and yeah. everybody's very often wrong, but they don't want to admit it. Right, right. Well, and then uh, again, until legalization happens, we're gonna have dumb stories like this. Ridiculous mm-hmm. price of medical marijuana leads patients scrambling. Wait, we got a bumper for price checks. Oh. That's dope. Yep. Six years after Minnesota rolled out its medical marijuana program, patients like Patrick McKellen are still buying pot off the street. Why is that, Miggy? The reason is simple. It's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> McKellen said he spends about 125 to 150 a month on black market weed. And honestly, dude, uh, I understand because I know you're amazed by our prices and quality, which mm-hmm. it really is catching up to what it used to be. Right. But, but because of this incredible tax that the, the farmers are getting screwed on, there's still a good black market out there where I can get decent uh, weed. But again, I have to drive far away because I'm more of the lazy bones now mm-hmm. where it's like, it's like McDonald's, but now because I'm getting decent weed, but what I'm trying to say is back in medical days, I got more weed and I made less money then. I make more money now and I get less weed because out of my pocket, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm still content as a consumer. I'm, I'm still hitting my needs, but back in medical days, dude, I had mass amounts of weed for low money. What about the hash and the concentrates? Concentrates and dabs. That was still uh, uh, up and coming in the, mm. in, in the, uh, as far as like, I, you know, it was very like a lot of old school guys were like, nah, man, that looks cracky. We're not going to touch it. What and about hash though? There was not as much hash. Either. I think there was a lot of wasted trim yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. And what, again, because there wasn't that, 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 that freedom to, to, to just say, okay, I'm going to be a business here. Have my, make my product here. You know, we talked, remember about the MMJ delivery with Josh, where he talked to, he knew a lady, he had to call her up the day of during the medical times because we're all trying not to go to jail. That's right. You know, we all want to be law abiding 
private citizens. You have an appointment. Yeah, they have an appointment specifically at a certain time. You show up early, you don't come in. Show up late, you don't come in. Uh, and he had a call the day of to make that appointment because she had three places she'd be. And if you're not that place, then that's cool. Yeah, that's it. Um, but that was how it was in the early days because you're still trying to like be a grower. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, that was the, the growers are obviously can't move around. Well, they can't, but they can flood the supply and then the market price will change. So let's take a look at the market prices out there yeah, because yeah. McAllen, the patient from uh, Minnesota, was saying he spends about 125 to 150 bucks a month on black market weed, which means he's probably buying about a half o. Uh, the equivalent product produced through the state program would cost him about 500. Well, then that makes me think that that ounce is probably closer to 500 because you know how much an ounce was here. Oh, right. And then $30. You know what? He says it's still a decent, but that's booty weed. It's I'm booty kidding. weed. This comes from Miggy. And you saw the weed that he was smoking in Mexico. It was trash. Oh, God. That was that was, that was a time machine weed. But this, so that for that $30, though, you know. Look at the price changes, though. There it, is it, a huge thing. And I know, but I still don't think it's quality for medicine. Like, that's what I look at. I look like, you know, like. Well, let's, let's, yeah, but I want you to guide them on. Let's let's go over and dissect this here um, uh, chart a little bit. If we can, yeah. if we can just kind of look at it. And I'm trying to have it load up. There we go. Uh, and so uh, in in Minnesota, it looks like two hundred dollars of fee options for patients. Oh, no, that's that's for how much your medical marijuana card costs in oh. this state. That's okay. not actually for the uh, other stuff. Oh, medical medical cards are good. You know what I, I like when medical cards are reciprocal. Oh, there you go. Very often they aren't, though. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the price still got caught up. I just wish the farmers here in Washington are getting screwed because, you know, mm-hmm. as we talked before, how is it that the, the, the I've always been buying $10 gram weeds. That seems to be price point check for, like, years. Right. Like, what other product has stayed the same price Yeah. since, like, Seriously. when I had hair? Right. Can you imagine if lumber cost what it did in 1998? I'm just saying, like, the, that's a great point of what other and now as we get legalization it seems that the markets are trying to well i know washington state did they adapted to that price point but mm-hmm. you know when this federal thing kicks in with a 25 percent tax oh i how how that I don't know how they're going to be able to maintain that same quality at the $10 grams. Uh, well, that's the problem. We need to actually bring up a dispensary in uh, Minnesota, if we can, to see how much they're actually charging patients to be able to get in there. There's two real costs. And like, uh, there's the cost of getting your card, which can be hundreds of dollars because yeah. you have to go to a doctor. It's not covered by insurance. And then the state charges a fee. But you were going to spend that money on weed anyway. So like, just kind of figure that you're spending that money on weed. But of course, then you're supposed to have like, I mean, like how how's... How much money is enough money to license somebody to get their medical card? What is the thing about the medical card? Like when I when Washington State, when I moved out here and I saw there was a medical program, I mean, not only uh, it gives you entitlements, right? It gives you the uh, affirm- oh, yeah. affirmative defense. And you can grow. Like so like yeah. in Washington State, if you have your medical card, you can grow. Illinois, same thing. Got a cool thing in the basement that's going on. And I'm sure I'll grow and I'll have some weed come in. And then I'll get bored of it because supply will come into Illinois. And then I'm going to... I, I travel a lot. You want me to have, oh. and then not only that, like fire damage or, or like risk like that, you don't necessarily want to be running a farm operation in your basement, you know? But again, an agriculture product takes time. It's like, you have to be there for it. You can't right. just take off and leave. Like, no. like we're talking about running a restaurant. How I thought about like, that'd be great to do, but you realize your life is given to that thing. And, That's right. And, the and, golden handcuffs, I've yeah. heard it called. And I imagine a, an, an agriculture product's no better. 
because well, it's a living it, thing. It, it could actually be far worse. An agricultural product could be because then it becomes a commodity in a race to the bottom in price and quality, a.k.a. the $30 eighth. Yeah. You know, um, I thought it looked fine, but then they had other eighths, that, not eighths, I apologize. I'm talking about an ounce. <laughs> and so they had other ounces that were like 75 bucks. And I'm like, that's a good looking ounce for $75. Still garbage. He still says it's garbage. I'm from Illinois. I'm like, that's a good looking ounce, you know? A quality ounce, I think. Uh, Josh, you think 150 out here? I think, like, if you're going to get a good price, the not garbage. Hmm. Josh, I want to give a shout out to these uh, 217 people. Um, Josh with the Talking Heads squad goals here. Uh, you know, we, if you want a CLN T-shirt, consider joining our channel and becoming a legalizer in chief, or uh, DM me at Cannabis Industry Lawyer on Instagram. Top shelf is around 320, but on Fridays you can get 30 percent off. Yeah, so. 220, I would say, is your budget for top shelf. Yeah, I think I got top shelf ounce $220. And then, like, on a 420 special, like, I think I got an ounce of Burnwell for 150. And Burnwell at the time was pretty decent, but you know, it just varies, you know. But quality again, it's gonna be expensive. The the 30 40 dollars though, he's being excited about. I just, I'm just, I'm more sad for him. Well, that's true, but then, like, in Illinois, very often you might not even be able to find an ounce at your dispensary, and then if you can, it's probably, I don't know, I mean, like 300 dollars, 400 dollars. Uh, yeah, I mean, the 30 ounces would be good for just like I say, using an extract, like, you're gonna have to use that for making your own RSO, but again, right. it takes a lot of plant matter to make any good you know uh type extract uh yes that was interesting the uh extract targets and the extract math for your financial models there's interesting models that you need to understand what the trim ratios are what the concentration is and what the uh yield from that trim is and how much slippage fun stuff i mean it was a really great it was interesting to see the backdrop like how like and again, it was hash. Like it was the coolest, just to niche. Like no one, the first one we went to, they said that they were the Sitka was the first hash one, mm-hmm. and then uh, the the second one, Seattle uh, uh, Gear, uh, same thing. He got inspired just because he loved hash, and right. I think they're the only two hash producers I can think of in Washington State. So uh, they really got a, a great product, though. But. Because of the hash experience, man, it reminds me of when I was in college. Like, the- I think it also is just an aspect of uh, people's disregard for trim, or like they would just put it into a pre-roll, mm-hmm. or then eventually they would just try to extract it in mass using um, CO2 or, or hydrocarbon or uh, even ethanol. Like, there's ethanol extractors up here. Or you're making butter. Like a lot of people take a, a trimming and make butters and stuff like that. Use that as the uh, the basis for it, but mm-hmm. uh, soaking it in oil or not. Hey, you know, uh, not everything's great in the world of cannabis legalization. News. Well, it's always Texas, isn't it? It's sometimes, very often, always Texas. Or Florida. Or Florida. But the UFC warns its athletes Texas stringent anti-marijuana testing rules ahead of Houston event. As we know, the UFC's getting more lenient, but uh, what up, Texas? Yeah. It has to do with the jurisdiction, the San Antonio Currents reporting. While there's signs that the sporting world is having a moment of reckoning when it comes to athletes' use of cannabis, Texas is not ready for that conversation. Yeah. In advance of UFC 265 event in Houston this summer, combatants, gotta love it, combatants in the next martial arts championship received a memo warning them that the Lone Star State's stringent anti-pot rules could result in them being stripped of potential wins. 
Uh, you know who the UFC's anti-doping partner is? The U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Of course, it no longer punishes fighters if marijuana use shows up on drug tests, according to the story. However, that's not true for the De- Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation, which will also oversee the championship. So you see, you want to have a fight in a state, you're going to probably need to come through some type of license and regulation. You know, just like uh, in Illinois, we have the IDPFR. And this is unfortunate because, you know, these guys are beating their bodies up they, they're, they're they're tearing themselves up they, they, you saw oh gosh the the mcgregor fight like his bone he oh my doesn't these people are disgusting but it's, but, it's, it's not just the, the physical pain too right so like like with football players right they they, they get concussions right, right. They, they get that crt is that what it is or, or uh, yes yeah that's um uh, concussion related trauma yeah or, or no it's, it's, i imagine it's no easier no no better for a ufc fighter cerebral tremic encephalopathy i don't know i'd have to look it up fortunately i am not in the sport of getting hit in the head and i use cannabinoids which a government patent has stated that it is a neuroprotectant which hilarious that patent is like 663507 and it's off label yeah it, it's just unfortunate that this Prohibition is hurting the the people who C T E. Thank you. Ah, thank yeah. you. Yes, yeah. and, and this is like a, a real. So recently here in, in Washington State, I don't know if you saw on the news, Richard Sherman had an incident with drinking. Mm. But uh, uh, you know, he's actually a pretty intelligent human being, and I think he might be suffering having C T issues. Like this is ridiculous that Texas just needs a flex, <laughs> man. Well, athletes who text over Texas's threshold will receive a 90-day suspension and a $500 fine. Of course, you realize that after you kick the shit out of another human being so much that bones pop through your body and you have, like, bludgeoned and stuff, like the end of Rocky, like, ah, you aren't going to be fighting for over 90 days. So it really doesn't matter, and it was a $500 fine. What did they pay McGregor for that? $10 million? But, you know, I wish, like, even though the UFC, instead of putting a statement out, they made a stance and said, you know what? We're just talking about Texas. Like they did? No, did they? No, I'm saying I wish no. they would. Like that. I yeah. mean, instead of just saying, "Hey guys, you might get in trouble." Well, well, maybe one of the fighters who has a CBD brand needs to use that CBD brand or THC brand. You know, come on, someone yeah, could yeah. like own a, another label. Yeah, they, they make money. Cannabis is a business. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess we'll sit and watch and see. Well, you know, that is one thing. Do we have something else that we could be doing? It's about like 40 past the hour. Oh, you know, we, we have? haven't played it. We haven't played any games. <laughs> the name that strain? Let's play some name that strain. Do we have That reminds me of the Friends fucking soundtrack. Look. Oh, hell. Hey, uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, thank you for uh, putting up with our dead air for a bit. This strain has some severe purpling going on. That's a beautiful uh, And it is. It's a very gorgeous nug. And so it definitely looks more indica-y because it's a, that fat kind of like uh, popcorn style uh, golf ball. Not, not popcorn, golf ball style nugget. And it looks pretty thick. And there is definitely some purple hues on that. You can't necessarily see a lot of frost, the trichromes and silver. Uh, but, you know. Good weed does not need to be 30% THC. In fact, if you're buying t- flour that's 30% THC, someone is probably lying to you. I love those, those bracts. They're so long. And, uh, uh, very, mm. It is very frosty, though. Yep, the bract. That is the area of the cannabis bud that has the densest trichome production. Close, close. Oh, wait. Nope. Yeah, this one. Nope, nope, nope. So many, like. So many, so close. close. Not quite there, though. Like, the problem is with cannabis, right? You 
there's so many versions of these strains like they yep trying to get myself a good look at some bracts here getting them sugar leaves out the way or they are that's that's the, that's the bract nice it's right over there yeah. <laughs> oh that, that's not gonna work yeah it looks just like that nugget yeah it smells good though it, it is it's a good one and it's a dutch berry that is not what we're looking at though what we are looking at and i'm sure that this is to the chagrin of the regulators and please always comply with your local jurisdiction right, laws and advocate for the federal policy change granddaddy purple aka granddaddy perp granddaddy perp kush granddaddy perps <laughs> gdp granddaddy purple via leafly popularized in 2003 by ken estes granddaddy purple or gdp is a famous indigo cross of mendo perps skunk and afghanistan afghani oh that takes me back to college this california staple inherits a complex grape and berry aroma for its mendo perps and afghani parent while skunk passes on its oversized compact bud structure we were mentioning that yeah, yeah. Good shit. Ooh. Oh, I should stop hitting the table with my knee. That is making the camera gonna go, oh, oh, we're having an earthquake in Seattle. Ah, okay, we should stop that and go back to the news. <laughs> All right, should we do the uh, Borat Sustainable Cannabis Billboard Sparks Lawsuit, The Hollywood Reporter? Oh, Borat. Yeah. Sasha Cohen, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is suing Solar Therapeutics for copyright infringement, false advertising, and misappropriation of his right of publicity over Massachusetts interstate billboards showing his famous character giving a thumbs up, exclaiming, It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Well, at least they are completely ripping off uh, a. Um you know, they're, they're completely ripping off the guy's trademark and trade dress and like his character. They're exploiting it. And it's kind of like, wow. You know, I, I and, and honestly, I saw another article that said like Sasha Borat hates weed. But honestly, I just think this is about licensing. You know, he'll yeah. get like whatever, you know, settlement he gets. And oh, that should. That, uh, that's exactly what I would want. I'd be like, hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, really, Sasha Cohen's a brilliant freaking guy so this is and they just straight up stole it i mean it's like hey you know what i like borat yeah it's nice okay yeah i like that i came up with that ad no you didn't and you know this is i mean i think it's a great example though of like copyright and 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 like when you go from uh say a homegrown operation Mm -hmm. of like just like i got a couple plants and I'm, i'm selling some things to my friends and this is my little brand to all right, now I'm brick and mortar and I got a store. There's a lot of like uh, regulation and, and copyright things you have to think about. Yeah. Uh, uh, licensing, uh, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, look at that. What do you think when you see that? Do you think, hey, that is an unauthorized use of both my likeness and also my catchphrase? Seriously. You know? Yeah. I mean, that just screams, you owe me money right there. Well, not only that, it also says like, who did you hire Solar Therapeutics for this ad? Uh, Baron Cohen says Solar Therapeutics figured the ad would boost sales and took a gamble that he wouldn't find out about it. <laughs> I mean, uh, what, did, what state did it happen in again? Oh, it probably happened in California. No, I think it was in like like Michigan. Was or- it in Massachusetts? Was it in Massachusetts over a Massachusetts yes. interstate billboard showing his famous character, giving thumbs up and exclaiming it's nice. So, I love how like he thought like you could put up a billboard of Borat selling weed in Boston and it's like he won't know. But this might open the floodgates too. maybe like the, when he settles, he can get like a little strain name or some shit. Cause I, I don't know if Sasha Cohen <laughs> likes cannabis. I, I would hope so, but I'm not. Who knows? Mm, it's one of them. It's one of them. That's it. Well, now how about the, uh, Good job in Arizona. Marijuana-related crimes can now be expunged from records in Arizona. Proposition 207, also known as the Smart and Safe Arizona Act, was approved by voters during the November 2020 elections. Good. 
Yeah, the new law, which, among other things, legalized recreational marijuana in Arizona, will impact those charged for most marijuana-related crimes. Good deal. Yeah, those eligible, whether they've been arrested on probation or with a prior record, can now get those records expunged. According to the new law, those who qualify will be able to submit a petition to get those records expunged starting a couple of days ago on July 12th. Yeah, and so you got, you know, look into the paperwork and figure out how to get expunged because they're not going to do it for you. Yeah, that's the the, the real rub about uh, marijuana legalization is because not all the charges are going to be eligible to be expunged. For example, they've only legalized up to two and a half ounces of possession or possession of concentrates of up to 12 and a half grams or possession of drug paraphernalia and to cultivate up to six marijuana plants. Those are the only offenses that are like now legal. If you would have gone over and above that level, you still criminal. And that's that's wrong. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they should necessarily. Well, arbitrary they, numbers we're talking about. Well, it just kind of shows the difference between a business and a personal use. Yeah. And so if we're going to legalize the plant, we also need to like legalize the, the past business of the plant. You can't just ignore that the, the industry exists back then <laughs> and say you still have a felony because you were engaging the thing that's now making Jeff rich. You know, it means. You don't mean storks just brought you seeds and the plants just popped out of nowhere? No, I just mean that that's the wrong policy goal. The yeah. policy goal was to legalize the plant. So just do that. And it's like, well, you were clearly like, you know, trafficking in it. I understand. And maybe you get it expunged or you get it sealed or it's it's commuted something where it's like, OK, our bad. You would have been guilty of tax fraud or like an evasion crime, something right. like that now, as opposed to. I'm sorry, you were actually dealing in the product. That's still illegal. And those should be the real cannabis crimes, the doing business without the proper licensing and paperwork, right? right? Like right. The, the Your cannabis wasn't tested for purity? Mm-mm. You, you don't have a license to sell that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, but, you know, we're also making a headway, too, as well as in New Jersey, because, you know, New Jersey has dismissed 88,000 weed cases under the new marijuana law. That is great. New Jersey has vacated or dismissed tens of thousands of marijuana convictions as the state continues to work out the detail of its new legal cannabis market. Hopefully, Jersey takes the advice of Washington State and the example of Illinois and kind of flips that script where, you know, first give the guys a chance to compete in that lottery and be qualified as social equity applicants and then require them to go get that uh, cannabis license application that's comprehensive, the one that I'd have to charge of like 70 or 80 grand for that was a great point by vivian too yeah. talking about how like the three most recent legalization states they also include social equity is this part of the conversation you know in the beginning right. social equity wasn't even a conversation and then but think about the cost of the startup you see yeah. the the uh, guy that we have on the show that's going to tell you about opening dispensary it was so inexpensive for him to get started what was the fee like Two thousand bucks. Yeah. So, like, you know, for your the, the cost of an Illinois application fee of five grand. That's it. Like, you got your lottery ticket because that's really what it boils down to. As there's always like five, ten, twenty x times the number of applications to the number of available licenses. Yeah. So why are you going to have to pay a guy like me eighty, hundred twenty thousand dollars pre success fees when you could have just done the the lottery and then paid a guy like me 80 or $90,000 after you had the conditional license. Cause then you have to have this brick of an application. That's your SOPs. That's like yeah. the conditions of your license, your operating manual for your cannabis license. They're still going to require that because it's highly regulated. And that's the thing. The entry barrier to come in, the reason why, because you need a thick packet, right? Like the $160 security page or whatever. I mean, like it's insane. The, the things you got to think of that you don't think of commonly. Like I just want to be a grower. Right. So you need like a different, a team to help, 
Oh yeah. It's well, yeah. Uh, cannabis is a team sport. It's, it's cannabis is for the community. And so like you asked the, therefore it's also a corporate endeavor yeah. because if you have a team together, you have a corporate endeavor, but uh, kudos to New Jersey for, uh, you know, dealing with 88,000 cases so far. And that's the first of a, a first wave of estimated 360,000 people that are eligible for expungement in Jersey because they have updated their cannabis laws. Yeah. So selling less than an ounce of marijuana in possession, as well as related crimes like possession of the drug paraphernalia, being under the influence, failing to turn over marijuana or being possessed or possessing marijuana while in a vehicle. So things like that are yeah. vacating convictions. and See, it's, it's that very low level. I mean, if you were still doing anything that's not currently authorized by the law, and so you have the possession limit of an ounce and related crimes like drug paraphernalia or being under the influence, that, that probably is not getting dismissed, is it? Well, hmm. yeah, no, it's not. But again, the arbitrary bullshit number, like you said, like, like this industry Correct. or existence of the plant didn't happen until the law was written like um yeah that's right nobody ever used cannabis until it was prohibited yeah and, and uh, you know and again we still have to talk about what is that minimum amount because it seems like everybody's hung on an ounce and an ounce is not like surprisingly if i had an ounce on me i'd be like oh that's a lot no hey uh I'd say the next story that we're probably going to be ra- – is that the last story? Let me just check. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we, we've been shooting – we've been kibitzing for about 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just give cheers to New Jersey again and saying, like, awesome on them expungements. And now we're going to wrap it up with uh, fine moments in weed history. Thank you, Richie. When do you think – cannabis was first domesticated oh that's a good question that's a good one put it in the comments and at the end of this little segment we are going to show you what's in this so don't forget to stick around until the end smash some likes and click subscribe cannabis was first domesticated in china what year you think oh (laughs) what year how many years do we have to get into the the we'll get doc and marty mcfly get in the delorean fly back to the future and how many years do we got to go backwards uh 12,000 years ago. 12,000 years ago. So it's going to be 10,000 BCE. We can trace cannabis' domestication pretty much as far back as dogs. Uh, Cannabis was first domesticated around 12,000 years ago in China, researchers found after analyzing the genomes of plants from across the world. The study was led by Luca Fumajali of the University of Lausanne and involved scientists from Britain, China, India, Pakistan, Qatar, and Switzerland. International effort. Nice. The study published in the Journal of Science Advances on Friday said the genomic history of the cannabis domestication has been understudied compared to other cross-species, largely due to legal restrictions. Of course, of course. You can't study where it's from, but I'm glad that we now know from China in 10,000 BCE. But, you know, this this is a study that actually proves... The, the written word that, of the historians of like the 70s and the mm-hmm. like uh, like the French cannolis and the, right. and the strain hunters, you know, these guys who who've devoted their lives, they got that arbitrary knowledge that not arbitrary, but like, uh, you know, from mouth to, you know, the, the spoken knowledge. Mm-hmm. And this just scientifically proves. Yep. <laughs> they compiled 110 whole cannabis genomes covering the full spectrum of wide, wild growing feral plants, land races, historical cultivars, and the modern hybrids used for hemp and drug purposes. Because that is the classification of the cannabis plant that I like. It's the one from Dr. Uh, Russo, who was a guest on the show, where you have type one, type two, and type three cannabis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, we're still trying to educate the masses on how, like, 
hemp and marijuana are the same, but it's not the same. Right. Some people actually say, well, that's fine for the, the cannabis cultivated for its cannabinoid profiles. But what about maybe we should have a type four cannabis for uh, ones grown for hemp, like not, not hemp, for the industrial purposes, like yeah. so that you're trying to grow building materials. For a stock, not for the CBG. Right. The well, and then what about like if we're trying to build them so that they have the best yield of oil from seed? You know, there's there's so much functionality built into this plant. Yeah. And if the laws would get out of the way, it could do a lot to help this world. And then hashes, the loan just reignited my love with this plant because when you have two different processes, like with the, the water hash and the dry sifting hash, and you have almost – it's the same plant, but it has a different experience. And then, like with the uh, the water hash, the, mm-hmm. the one we have, it got warm and it's been unreasonably warm these past couple of days, and it turned very gooey. I put mine back in the freezer. It has not been unreasonably warm in Seattle. It's been seventy degrees. <laughs> oh, look at that! This nice. is what happened to the dry sip. Yeah. So it was unpressed. Well, no, this was ice water. This is bubble hash, and so like yeah. this was uh, unpressed bubble hash, and then it got a little bit too warm, and so it began its melting process. Process and so it's kind of coagulated, and now I get to enjoy that later. And, and that's the thing is like there's so this plant is is it's such a, 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 a so many layers to it. Oh, that's right. right. We well, let's the, keep talking oh, yes. about like the time and origin of the domestication yes. process of cannabis. They've shown that cannabis sativa was first domesticated in the early Neolithic times in East Asia, and that all current hemp and drug cultivars diverge from an, an ancestral gene pool represented by feral plant, plants and land races in China. The evolution of the cannabis genome suggests the plant was cultivated for multi-purpose use over several millennia. So this 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 is going to be the achievement of thousands of years, and it's all hemp-based. And so we're going to talk about it after we go back in the Wayback Machine. The currently highly specialized hemp and drug varietals are thought to come from selective cultivars or selective cultures initiated about 4,000 years ago and optimized for the production of fibers or for cannabinoids. So we, humans, thousands of years ago, decided, wow, this plant's really useful if we want it to do this or that, and they split it. Our genomic data suggests that early domesticated ancestors of hemp and drug Types diverge from basal cannabis. Basal cannabis. Basal. B-A-S-A-L. Around 12,000 years ago. Do you, do you know the origins of the, the basal? Like I do not. Okay. But this is cannabis legalization news. Basil's already been legalized. Yeah. <laughs> Indicating that the species had already been domesticated by early Neolithic times. Uh-huh. That's right. And contrary to widely accepted views, which associate cannabis with a Central Asian center of crop doc- domestication, our results are consistent with a single domestication origin of cannabis sativa in East Asia in line with early archaeological evidence. Caveman say we good. That's right. <laughs> Caveman said we good. And this is where it's gotten to. It's the, After 4,000 years, we have, what was this called? A hash torpedo? That's a hashzuka. Hashzuka. And so this hashzuka is not one hash joint. It is three hash joints. And then they are together in one piece for your, your mouthpiece tied together with a hemp wick and then twisted all together. And then do you know what these hash joints have in the middle of it to kind of make this nice little pattern here? Like a fuse. Yeah, that's right. Temple ball hash rolled really thin and then you smash them together and you twist up the top. I still haven't tried to light that on fire because I'm terrified. (laughs) Tom wants to have... uh, 
I want to catch my flight two days from now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I also just love it for like its artistry. I almost feel bad about smoking it because I can't get another one. Well, and then yeah. they, they, like I said, the story behind it that an employee you know, say, Hey boss, we figured out how to make this. And he's like, hell yeah. I hope that guy got like at least a hundred dollar bonus, but good on him. For- yeah. Yeah. Uh, innovation. It happens every day. And so thank you so much for tuning in to our show. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I look forward to watching your adventures on Instagram and YouTube. Once we get the videos up, that's going to be dope. Uh, thanks for tuning in everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all Canada's legalization news. We'll see you on Wednesday. Bye.